Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. What was that noise back there? It's, uh, well, there's, I've got a neighbor. I've told you about Grok. Uh, Grok is, uh, now, there's some banging going on on the wall. I just, the cave room against the wall, they're trying to get him to shut up. Uh, I just went over there, and he's having some cave sex. And that's just kind of how it goes uh, these days, uh, it's episode 11 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark Rogers, a human being being human. My goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, we are once again joined by my buddy and police officer, Rick, to talk about life as a shift worker. Then it's another edition of the Humans Being Human segment with my first cousin, John Michael, and a story about what happens when dads are left alone with two-year-old children, and you will enjoy that story. We'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. Find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, and Simply Human Kids page on the website. Follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman52. And email the show questions, comments, concerns, simply human lifestyle at gmail.com. So, without further ado, my conversation with Rick about Ambien, night shift cocktails, orange glasses, melatonin, memory loss, and sleep mask. And please bear with me. We recorded this when I first started working with this recording equipment, so there may be some weird things going on with the volume and the levels, things like that. Also, uh, listen closely for my daughter screaming and crying in the background. It's always good times. And you'll kind of see at the beginning of this interview, we decided to do the interview at the beginning of the interview. So without further ado, here's Rick. Tango, tango, mango, mango. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. You can't? I can. I can't hear you very well. Coming okay. in loud and clear. Well, Rick, how, how is life? How are you? Uh, life is good, you know, can't complain, we've got two kids and, you know, long working hours, but, you know, just about the same as everybody else, so I can't, uh, can't complain too much, I suppose. You know what we need to do, we, at some point, and I guess we maybe talk about it now, is like, how shift workers and sleep and how you, like, deal with that, that would be a good topic. Yeah, that would be a good topic. Um... I've worked a couple different departments. Uh, a lot of it has to do with how long your shift is. Where I work now, the shifts are 12 hours long, which is good and bad. I feel like it's better because you get more days off. Uh, basically, out of the month, I work uh, 14 days, and I have 14 days off, basically. So for every day that I work, I get a day off. Uh, it's particularly challenging on the days that I do work because I live about 30, 45 minutes away from where I work. So you got to not just the 12 hour working shift, but I also have, you know, commute time and time to get ready and time to eat and stuff like that. So days that I work, my days pretty mashed together. Like I work, I usually wake up about two 30, uh, eat breakfast while well, I go and I pick up my son from kindergarten. Uh, then I rush home, eat breakfast, jump in the shower, jump out of the shower, into my car, into my car to work for 12 hours. And then as soon as I get home, uh, I'm in bed. Like I, it, it may not be 20 or 30 minutes, uh, before I'm asleep by the time I get into the house and it's just kind of, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. There's not a whole lot of time for other things on those days. However, on the days that I don't work, I have a lot of free time. Um, uh, 
which I, I don't understand how, you know, you regular suckers work five days a week. That's a total mystery to me. But uh, I work overnights. Uh, my, my police department, you either work day shift, which is, you know, uh, during the daytime, obviously, or night shift. And so uh, I work night shift. It's the shift that I prefer to work because I, I'm not up and productive at, uh, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning. I feel like that's crazy. But uh, there's a couple of different schools of thought, and I'll try not to ramble on this. School of thought one, and this is what I used to do when I was brand new, when I was a lot younger, when I was 25, 26. That is on your days off, the common term is you flip your schedule. That's what it's called. You flip it around. Whereas, so you get done on your Friday, your work Friday, and you go into the start of your weekend, well, you stay up all day, you maybe take like an hour or two nap like in the afternoon when you're exhausted. And then you try to uh, go to bed like at a quote-unquote a normal person's time, 9 or 10 o'clock. And then you sleep during the nighttime and then you wake up the next day during the daytime. And so for your days off, you kind of maintain like a daytime type of schedule. Now that I'm getting older, uh, I'm, you know, I'm 33. I'm not, you know, one foot in the grave or anything like that. What I find is it's, it's just too difficult. My body can't handle that flipping your schedule, uh, quite as hard. Uh, so what I try to do is on my days off, usually I, I, I come home, I'm home by about 6:45 in the morning. I'm usually asleep by 7am and I use on work days. I sleep until two 30. Um, what I do on my days off, the first time I come home, I get home about 6.45, and I usually sleep till like noon, which gives me like, you know, good solid five hours, which isn't great. Uh, I still feel pretty tired and, and kind of worn out when I get up, but uh, I've gotten a little bit more sleep, and uh, I usually stay awake until, uh, you know, midnight or one o'clock. So I'm not staying awake all night long like I do on my work days. It's kind of like a mix. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. A- between staying up all day and staying up all night, and I'm kind of getting like half of each. So it's easier to adjust on days that I go, adjust for my weekend back to my weekday. So what, like, what are some things that you do to try to get the best sleep that you can get when you do have a chance? I know this is going to make you cringe, but for a very long time, I took Ambien. I took Ambien every day. I took Ambien on days that I went. I came home from work. I and I started taking Ambien on days uh, on days that I didn't work, because Ambien was good for me and that it helped me like flip my schedule around. Like, hey, I'm not tired right now, but I know on my days off I should be sleeping, so I'm gonna take an Ambien and just you know knock myself out. I don't do that anymore. A lot of this is based on advice that you've given me as my uh, my unofficial life coach. Yes. Hey, well, just real quick, is that is that pretty typical? I mean, like, how did you hear about Ambien? Is that like other cops were like, hey, you need to take Ambien? Is that like a pretty standard procedure? No, uh, and this is <laughs> this is going to make you cringe too. Uh, a lot of cops that I know of don't use Ambien. Uh, we've talked about it, and they're like, oh, man, that zonks me out. I feel like a zombie when I wake up. Uh, a lot of cops, and this is so smoke hard. weed. <laughs> yes, we smoke a tremendous amount of marijuana. <laughs> now, this this is actually like debatably like for your health wise, it's debatably worse. Um, this and, and I have done this before, and I certainly don't do it anymore. But they uh, in my old department, they called it the night shift cocktail, which is coming home from work and taking two Tylenol PMs and drinking two or three beers. <laughs> 
which is about like the worst thing in the world you can do, uh, you know, health wise. But you know, I I I know of very 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 few uh, night shift workers in general, but especially cops that can sleep regularly and get enough rest without some kind of some kind of trick, some kind of aid. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's not helpful. And you know, now uh, you know on. On the advice that you've given me, I uh, and I feel like an idiot, but I wear these orange tinted glasses. Yes. Oh. Um, Wait. So you wear like when do you put them on? I put them on. Uh, I'll usually I get home, I take my contacts out, I get undressed, and I get in bed. And usually my nighttime routine. Can you de- can you describe the getting undressed part of that, or do, should we wait oh, and yeah. do that later? Oh, I slowly peel <laughs> off my under armor bit by bit. Uh, I, I my my sleep routine is usually I get in bed and I read, but I because this is 2013 and we all live, live in like Judge Dredd society where like uh, everything has to be robotic. I uh, am the law. Yeah, <laughs> I read uh, off my Kindle off my iPhone because I don't actually own a Kindle. I hope Amazon people don't flip out at this. My wife owns a Kindle. We share her account, <gasps> so I read off the Kindle app on my phone, which is incredibly bright. It's just a big huge white screen um and uh you know i read a lot of books i usually read about two books a month because that's how i put myself to sleep but uh the orange glasses i put on shields me from this like enormously super bright white light shooting out of my phone and usually honestly like i'll fall asleep with my orange glasses on with my phone in my hand that's already you know it's gone to sleep i take uh melatonin and I've got the bottle right here. You probably know more about the uh, the dosages and stuff. But uh, three milligrams of time release melatonin uh, when I get home and put my take my contacts out. And so, uh, pretty much that's the only medicine that I rely on anymore. I, which I which have, which isn't even medicine. That's a natural. Well, yeah. Something. Yeah, that's I, good. I say medicine. It's it's you know it's uh, the only th- the only thing uh, that I take. Uh, to help me sleep, and I feel like I get more restful sleep. One of the horrible things about Ambien, one of the great things about it is it puts you to sleep, and it works, and it works good. One of the horrible things, and I don't know, I'm no scientist, although, you know, I look like a scientist. You do look like a scientist, with your orange glasses on. (laughs) With my orange glasses and my lab coat uh, that I wear everywhere. Uh, I feel like Ambien adversely affected my memory, Um I feel a lot of times like, uh, you know, I watched this concussion uh, movie or not movie show that they had on PBS last week that everybody watched. And it talks about some of like the long term conf- uh, effects of, you know, multiple head injuries. I've only had a few concussions here and there, nothing major, nothing crazy. But I feel like I have, I have memory problems akin to someone that played in the NFL for like 20 years because I took Ambien daily every single day for. Um, probably about 18 months, maybe two years. I'm not exactly sure because my memory is not, <laughs> not remember exactly, but I couldn't remember. It was a struggle to remember what I had for lunch the day before. Uh, it was a struggle to remember, like I would, and, and most people are like, oh yeah, I can't remember stuff too. No, I'm serious. Like I would go, like go to the store. I need to buy one thing. Uh, and it's like batteries for the smoke. This is crazy. Our smoke detector I guess the battery went out and it was beeping. And I was like, crap, I got to go to the store and get batteries because this thing won't stop beeping. The store, Walmart, is no kidding. It's like 700 yards from my house. 
I drive from my house to Walmart. I get there and I can't remember the, you know, this isn't something like, oh, you know, I, I, want, I wanted to buy some, some eggs or something and I forgot. This is express purpose. I went to Walmart to buy a, a, a battery and I couldn't remember by the time I got there. And that's scary when you can't remember stuff, you know, your short term memory is blasted and you can't remember anything. It's scary. And so that was part of the reason why you started looking like, for something else. Yeah, I've got to look for something that, that's that's better, and I feel like I sleep more restfully now. Yeah, so I, so to explain. Okay, so you put the glasses on, and do you is there because people you know think I'm crazy too, and so you are crazy. Yeah, I am crazy. You're insane, but, but yeah, but I mean, like you, you can tell a, a physical difference. Like, oh, I, it's it's not affecting me as bad, and then yeah, like ha- have you yeah kind of keep going, and like you've been sleeping better. Uh, I I. I one of the, my worries, my concern, and I think this is anytime you take uh, sleeping medication, and I don't know if I was addicted to it or anything like that, but like I just I relied heavily on it. One of the worries is that if I stop taking this, I'm not going to sleep, and if I'm not going to sleep, I'm not going to function, and then it's I'm going to be like a 24/7 insomniac. Um, my main concern, because I'm a day sleeper, wasn't getting to sleep because I'm usually worn out by the time I get home. It's staying asleep throughout the daylight hours. Uh, and so, uh, that's a particular challenge for me. I think that's one thing that for me, the, the, the orange glasses help a lot with is, uh, taking out like the, the harshness of that super bright white light that exists everywhere during the daytime. That's nature's way of telling you to, you know, telling the caveman and you to get up and hunt and, and do things. Be alert and run, run from predators. Yeah. I have to do the opposite of that. I have to, you right. know, basically be nocturnal. And so it's you have to find tricks and to me I feel like a complete idiot with the orange glasses, but they work, man, and if if it works I'll do it. Yeah. Now have you have you experimented I haven't talked to you about about the mindfold. Have you tried like a sleep mask? Like what's the uh I have and this is this is very funny. Um, I didn't like it because I can feel my eyelashes uh, touching the inside of it. It's a lot of the same way some people uh, don't like uh, like Oakley sunglasses because they fit so close to their face they can feel their eyelashes uh, against the inside of the lens. I didn't like the the sleep mask because of that and also because and this is pretty funny <laughs> because I would wake up uh, and I would be like, oh crap, I, I'm blind, uh, I'm blind for like five seconds, have like an intense pain. Like, like oh a Christmas God, story, you ate the soap and now you're blind and your parents come <laughs> yeah, running in exactly. and there's some violin playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like uh, I, I've, I've got it next to my bed. I don't use the, 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 the sleep mask thing just because I, I feel like I don't need it quite as much. Yeah. Um, if I do, I've got it next to my bed just in case it's a particular rest, uh, uh, you know, very fitful uh, daytime sleep for me, and I need something to block out. You know, if it's like you know nuclear holocaust outside, and it's very very bright, then I keep it there just in case. But I I don't really use the sleep mask because I, I just don't like the way it feels on my face. I keep waking up because it feels like you know I'm blindfolded. So two things. So one, if there's a nuclear holocaust, we know that instead of jumping out of bed and protecting your family, you're going to put your sleep mask on and go back to sleep. This is actually like a good, like a, a good ambient story. Why it's terrible for you? Uh, a couple of years ago, we we lived in Oklahoma, and uh, which means you know horrible, severe weather, tornadoes, the whole nine yards. Well, our roof got completely obliterated one night by this particularly bad storm. 
uh, our entire roof, the entire everything, all the the whole thing had to be dis- uh, taken off and, and rebuilt. Well, and this is I'm taking Ambien, so I wake up one day at like uh, you know eleven o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, huh. and this is before when I before I worked night shift, I worked evening shift, so it was normal for me to wake up at like nine or ten. Well, I wake up at like eleven thirty. And I'm like, what's the noise? Like all stumbling around drunkenly. Well, they were doing our roof that day. And they'd been on the roof since like 5 o'clock that morning redoing the roof. So I'm sleeping with this like tremendous like loud uh, like 20 guys on top of what used to be my roof rebuilding my house. And I'm like, oh, what's that noise? <laughs> my wife's like, wow, that's incredible. You uh, are taking stuff that uh... – so like if there was a huge massive fire, yeah, I'd probably sleep right through it and be like, oh, man, it's really warm in here. And now, now you will get to hear my uh, almost three-year-old daughter. Uh, apparently, she has just been pinched, which is not good for sleep. Um, where did she pinch you exactly, Hope? Oh, okay. We're gonna have an issue with the four-year-old because there's a mark on her arm. Uh, speaking of, okay, I'm gonna put my sleep mask on and just go to sleep now. Uh, well, I w- and the other thing I was gonna say was the Mindfold, and this is for you and for anyone listening. Mindfold.com. It is, it's 1995, and I have no financial interest in Mindfold. I have no, uh, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm, I have no connection to it. You don't have, like, a Mindfold tattoo on your back, like they've got bought, <laughs> like, GoldenPalace.com? I don't, I don't. But it's 1995, and that includes shipping and everything, and it's, like, I can't ex- sort of explain it, but your eyelashes, it's, the actual mask is away from your face enough where it doesn't, it doesn't mess with your eyelashes, and that's what I that use. That actually work. I may, I may want to try that yeah. thing because that's my only problem with the the nighttime, you know, North Korean style blindfold yeah. is like it touches my <laughs> eyes. But if it doesn't touch my eyes, that that, that would actually probably work better for me. Yeah. So mindful.com is good, and then I'm also been using the Brainwave. If you go to I, the App Store and just put in Brainwave, there's a there's a their binaural tones that you have to have a have stereo headphones in and it plays that you can read all about it but it plays you know different tone in each ear and it gets your brain you know sort of in frequency with the and if you want to do a deep sleep there's a deep sleep track that gets you in that delta brain wave and so like when before i go to bed because i've been sleeping in the hospital room jen's sleep is all messed up because she's on bed rest and so she's like watching a movie or watching tv which is right next to my bed and i put the mindfold on and put on my noise canceling headphones with that deep sleep app and I have no idea. Like, it, it, that's the other thing. It's like, if she went into labor or something and like, <laughs> I would have no clue. Like the nurses and the doctors would be running in and like, there'd be lights and all the lights would be on. I, if all the lights were on and the TV was blaring, I would have no idea that anything was happening. So it's like, I always say, okay, I'm, I'm going in. Like <laughs> you, a- after I do this, you won't be able to c- contact me <laughs> unless you come like over the, here the and like touch me. In and they look at Jen and they're like, uh, okay, we've got her. And they look at you like, and this guy's dead. Yeah, we uh, have a dead body. Uh, <laughs> Triage. We're gonna go with the pregnant lady. Yeah, he's he's beyond repair. So anyway, yeah. So the brainwave is good, and so uh, and yeah, we may uh, check back in with you and see if if you do either of those things, how you like the mindful or whatever. But uh, well, there is one other thing uh, that I will just mention is thank you f- for your service, and you know, like all the the people that have to do shift work are like the people that we need the most. It's like. You know, cops and firemen and nurses, and and they have like that's just such a just a it's like their hands are tied behind their back from a health perspective because of the because it's just the nature of the work. So thank you for your service. 
Well, you're welcome. And as a cop, like I would say, like, uh, like I wor- I like working night shift because it's the more exciting shift. It's the more more crazy stuff happens. You meet more, you know, crazy tweakers and you know, drug dealers and people who stab and shoot people. Like it's the more exciting end of the work. But it is scary when you read articles that say like, hey, if you you know work nighttime your life expectancy is like five years shorter or something like that. So I try to be, you know, as, as health conscious as I can with other things in my life to try to make up for that, you know, the, the, the disparity in you know, regular daytime people and nighttime people, because I'll be working this, you know, nights for quite a while because I like it, but I just have to, you know, make extra adjustments to make up for that. See with me, I wouldn't like night shift because that would seem like, a family reunion for me with the stabbing and drug dealing and I just I wouldn't <laughs> want to deal with that. Hey Cletus Here Here comes Hope again. What? <laughs> I think she said something about giving someone a timeout, which I probably need to do. My mom is in there, everyone, so I don't think that I'm just completely ignoring my kids. <laughs> Shut up, kids, I'm on a podcast. Yeah, please. Daddy's working. Like I'm talking to Uncle Rick. <laughs> all right well uh rick i appreciate your input and uh this has been very helpful for all our shift workers and we will check back in with you soon i think that sounds like a good plan enjoy uh enjoy dealing with your unruly children thank you rick for your insightful insights and again thanks for your service to all of mankind as a police officer i will have links to the mindfold and brainwave app in the show notes And now, it's time for the Humans Being Humans segment. It's a story from a member of the Rogers family, my cousin John Michael. Super talented businessman, musician, uh, chef. He's an all-around talented guy, and he's got a son. And this story has to do with something horrible that (laughs) happened to him when he was left alone with his son a few years ago. But it has a happy ending, so keep that in mind. Here we go. All right, joining me on the on the line on the Simply Human podcast is a Rogers. So you know he, he you know he's funny, right? So it's John Michael Rogers, my first cousin, uh, and uh, John Michael has a pretty epic story. And keeping keeping in in I guess consistency with the humans being human segment and bodily fluids. This one is another bodily fluid story. Is that right? That is correct. Well, I was under the impression that it had to be a bodily fluid story. So yeah, that's what I came prepared with today. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I tell people. Like, have you ever pooped your pants? You you could be on our show. I didn't know there was an option. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise I would have chose something a little less embarrassing. Most likely that's, that's, that may or may not, have been how I framed it to you, but either way, you have the story prepared and you're going to tell us. The good us news now. is you didn't write it down anywhere, so how can I prove it? <laughs> right, <know>? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, Your legal so, team's on it. So, how, how long? Yeah, the Simply Human uh, legal uh, cr- uh, crew, yeah, of which it consists of uh, Google dot com uh that's yeah. all i got <laughs> how do i legal zoom yeah, is, that, exactly. is, that yeah. is that your attorney <laughs> yes yes uh legalzoom.com uh is i highly recommend it um okay so take us through set us set this up when did this happen what what time uh, of year was this this was um it was late summer and uh it was a few years back it was probably about three and a half four years ago um, in the late summer, which means that it was really hot. So you can kind of 
apply that to the story in any which way that you know would make it necessary, and it'll it'll help sort of enhance the uh, flavors of this tale. Mm. Um, but we were living in Houston at the time, my wife and I, and we've always lived in Austin, and we were living in Houston at the time, and some really close friends of ours were getting married, so we, of course, made the trek up. And uh, in true parent fashion, anytime you have something quasi-social to do with people of your own age, your child will get sick so that you can't do it together. Of course. Um, so, yeah, because that's, that's the protocol, that's from what I understand. Um, so when we got up to Austin for the wedding, my wife was unable to attend the wedding. Um, I was in it. I was actually playing the guitar for the wedding. So I had to go because I was a part of the, uh, part of the performance as it were. And so my wife stayed home for the wedding and, uh, stayed with grandma, our sick child. So I went out and this is out in the hill country and spent the day in the 112 degree heat, uh, playing guitar in a no shade area. Um, so, you know, there was things percolating before I actually got to the really uh, disgusting part of the story. Stewing, percolating, um, yes. All, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, you know, I had like a soup kind of cre- being created inside of me. Um, so I come home from the wedding, you know, it was a good good deal, and I uh, get home, and Lauren, you know, had some friends that wanted to go out that evening, and uh, she was asking me if it would be cool if she went out, and I said, of course, you know, you had to miss the wedding, so you go get some social time, and I'll stay home with Graham, and... We'll, we'll kind of kick it. Obviously, we're at a friend's house because we're out of town. So about, I'd say, 30 minutes before she leaves, you know, I started feeling a little peaked, let's say. Um, <laughs> wasn't anything, you know, to write home about, so I didn't make a big deal about it because my wife's the type that would, you know, oh, no, if you feel sick, I'm going to stay. So I kind of played it off. Oh, it's fine. I just feel kind of weird. Just go ahead and go. So she leaves, and about 30 minutes after she leaves, so an hour from the point of the uh, peakedness, the, the, when you got the uh-oh feeling. Yeah, you know, that for that initial, like, something's wrong, the, the message from your body that something's not quite right. About an hour past that point, I started feeling pretty nauseous. And so uh, I had some friends over at the house that, you know, all know Graham very well. And they said, well, we'll stay up with him for a little while, and then we'll just bring him up to bed here in a couple of hours if you want to go lay down. And how old, right, how old was good. he at this point? Graham is three, no, between two and three years old at this okay, point. Okay. Somewhere in that, that age range. And so, uh, and he had been sick throwing up and every other thing, you know, uh, for the day prior to that, but he was kind of coming out of it at that point. Um, so I go up to lay down and after about 15 minutes of laying down, here comes the first round of vomiting, right? So I run to the bathroom and I throw up a couple of times and go lay back down. And about 15 minutes later, I get up and throw up a couple more times, lay back down. And, uh, about so you're 45 minutes after fun. that process started. So began the, um, let's say the, uh, the liquid exit situation that goes along with vomiting from time to time. Right. Um, you know, if you don't involve both holes, it's just, you know, it's kind of unfair. Well, so, you're not really no, you know, wanna... taking full advantage yeah. of the experience. So, I'm, I'm all about symmetry, you know, right. so I can't handle it. It's just one side is doing something and not the other. So exactly. Um, so I got the liquid side going out of the, uh, the rear door for a little while there. And I finally lay down and they bring Graham upstairs. So Graham's, old enough to get it, but not really, you know, he's just kind of right at that age where he's paying attention, but none of it makes any sense to him. He just kind of sees and observes. So after they bring him up to me, the first time I go to throw up afterwards, I turn around and look and Graham is sitting, by the way, we're at a a friend's house who's not married and doesn't have children. So we are sleeping on a mattress on the floor in his guest room. Uh, Very, you know, college college sleepover style, you know. So and Lauren, like and Lauren really is watched, gone um, and has no idea what's, what's Accommodations or anything like that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing it old school bachelor style. So we're on a mattress on the floor that he like brought up from his garage or something. You know, we had to kill a few spiders off to be able to lay on it, that kind of deal. And so uh, after Graham had been brought up, I go and throw up and I turn around and Graham's sitting up and he's 
silver dollar eyes, and he was really concerned. Daddy, are you okay? Are you okay? And so I'm trying. No, to, so okay. I'm trying to basically pacify my son, who's afraid for me while I'm vomiting. So it's one of those like, <laughs> I'm okay, buddy. It's everything's <laughs> everything's fine now. This is totally normal. <laughs> this is a normal human situation. <laughs> and you know, and taking turns like vomit, and then like hang the butt over the toilet and vomit out of the butt for a second and then turn back around and vomit into your own butt vomit, which makes you vomit even more because it's completely disgusting. <laughs> and, then, and, then a, not, and then you're not throwing up. Picture. You're not throwing up because you're sick, like from the, from the illness. Yeah, you're it takes a, it's, it's a, it's a circle of life type thing. You know, first is the sick, then comes the butt, then comes the sick from the butt. <laughs> and, you know, you don't even know. At a, at a certain point, it's the chicken and the egg. You right. don't even know what's what causing happened? what anymore. And you're just like, well, it's just, Let's, eventually, I should empty out, and it'll at least just be heaving. <laughs> and, then, and then you tell Graham it, it, those squeaky farts that have yeah. no, no muscle behind them, you know. And then in between so, this, you're telling Graham, you're like, "It's okay, buddy. It's okay. This is going to happen to you one day." Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you, you'll get to experience this. You're going to love it. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And hopefully, you have a two-year-old to explain it to during the process because that makes it better. Um, so. So I go through like two or three rounds like that. Like, you know, I go right back down and I'm uh, feeling sick and Graham's laying next to me trying to, you know, be sort of mothering to me in the best way that a two and a half year old can, you know? And, uh, meanwhile, I don't want him to touch me or anything either, you know? Cause I'm like, dude, you, you know, <laughs> so I'm being kind of like standoffish with my kid, but at the same time telling him everything's okay while, you know, while emptying myself of the, of the sickness. So, I, uh, after about three or four rounds of that, you know, we find, I finally get to a point where I'm empty. So there's nothing left for me to throw up. So even when I feel like throwing up, I don't feel the need to get up anymore because there's nothing left, right? So eventually I start to doze off, right? And I'm very happy for this because dozing off is the only real escape you have from those, those kinds of illnesses. And in my, <laughs> in the relaxation that occurs when you start to doze off and your muscles kind of unclench and everything happens, I thought that a, uh, a small fart was going to escape, okay? And I was, you know, I was pleased by that, and then you're going to get it out. Instead of a small fart, I had about a gallon of butt water <laughs> that came out and soaked the mattress, soaked myself and my child in my own, you know, like I said before, butt vomit, oh. you know, just pure pee butt style water coming out everywhere. And so basically I shat the bed. That's, that's oh. what it comes down to. I, I had a large... Diarrhea-esque bed problem. Well, there's no esque about it. It was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not esque. It just is. Yeah, it's, this isn't a comparable situation. This is a literal situation. <laughs> so, so I have to get up in my state. I put myself and my child in the shower. You the know, most to humiliating wash my state. Off of my baby because I've heard that that's frowned upon. Um, I, I get us both clean. I then get to go downstairs and uh, announce to my group of friends that. The mattress that he once owned is now uh, a biohazard issue. Did and you blame it on Graham? Somewhere very safe. Did you blame away it on from your the human population? Did you blame it on your son? Um, as I'm dragging it down the stairs to put it in the garage, you know this is the story. They're like, "What are you doing?" Because I've been upstairs for two hours throwing up, and now I'm coming down the stairs with a mattress. <laughs> and so, you know, that has a very mysterious and sort of um, brooding you're <laughs> like, <wet> spot. You're <laughs> like, like Graham. You know? Graham, just like you know had an accident sorry guys yeah exactly <laughs> yeah sadly i wasn't i wasn't deep enough into parenthood to really have that be like my auto response where you just blame the kid yeah. that comes around four years old when you get to the point where you're like oh it's graham yeah, yeah. everything's graham you know so I, I wasn't there yet sadly 
in my parenting prowess. Yeah. So yeah, I actually took the blame on that deal, sadly. Oh. Um, to the uproarious laughter of everyone that I knew that was at the house hanging out. Um, <laughs> I hauled this mattress outside. I have to set us up on a pallet now on the ground, of which I put a trash bag underneath in case I had a repeat, uh, <laughs> a repeat performance of that little situation. Um, that way I wouldn't be replacing oh, carpet. Only just to make it easier, yeah, to clean up your mess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I I left my rubber underpants at home, sadly. <laughs> so that was my only other option. <laughs> so uh, it all gets down. So then around that time is when my wife comes back, you know. <laughs> of course, my wife gets told the whole story. She's like, in, where's uh, the mattress? In comic fashion, like no sympathy or anything like that for my friends. It's like, guess what this idiot just did, you know. <laughs> so she gets to hear the whole story, and she comes up like, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have gone. And I'm like, what, are you, what were you going to do? I just would have crapped all over you, too, like... <laughs> probably best that you weren't here like like two and a half year old will forget about this it'll be some repressed memory that he has to yeah. dig out with therapy in 20 years you know like for you <laughs> yeah I, I can see that really potent and fresh yeah i, I can see that so, therapy session where where he's like he, he think he remembers that and he's like tells the therapist the story and then they're both like no that surely that couldn't have happened <laughs> there's no way is it possible for them to lie during hypnosis? Yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. I think that actually happened. That's uh -oh. really, really disturbing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my humans being human story, man. It was a uh, it was an epic one, and it's one of those that until that time I was one of the few adult men that I knew that could say that I had never crapped my pants or oh, you know geez. crapped the bed or anything like that. Well, the, the fact that you made uh, it that, that day, far. I joined the ranks. Well, hold on, but the, the one of the funniest parts was was what what did Graham say to you when you like got all resettled back in? Oh yeah. <laughs> we got everything kind of cleaned up or whatever and i guess graham noticed that i was feeling embarrassed or bad or something like that and he uh he gave me a, in a very serious and very you know loving tone and and eye contact said it's okay daddy i've had accidents too <laughs> <laughs> like putting you on the plane and I was like, of a two-year-old you know i appreciate the camaraderie you know <laughs> your empathy isn't lost on me being a two and a half year old that's pretty impressive so yeah he felt bad for me and he you know where my friends of course like went straight for the you know heart as it were you know yeah. making fun of me my uh my son pulled through and did the family thing and yeah you know, tried to make me feel a little better, yeah. console me about the situation. So <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a bonding moment between the two of us for sure. It was yes. uh, one of those like, you know, rite of passage moments. All right. And it's the first time that Graham tried to make me feel better about doing something really gross and disgusting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's the circle of life. <laughs> oh, I think, uh, I think the whole like butt circle chicken egg part of this was, was one of my favorite all time phone conversation pieces uh, of any phone conversation i've ever had so yeah regardless of yeah regardless of the human being human or anything right, in general right. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A good it's a good one <laughs> so yeah i hope that you share this with a lot of people and that they when they meet me that's the first thing that they think of okay good and this is actually <laughs> shake gonna, my hand yeah this and is, then <laughs> go find some sanitizer <laughs> this is actually going to uh be out on uh, on saturday uh, the seventh. Nice. So this is great stuff. And yeah, so I know you're busy guys. So we're going to let you get back to it, but, uh, hopefully we will have you back on, uh, with some more stories, uh, on humans being human. Cause you are a fantastic storyteller. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I've got uh, plenty of embarrassing tales, so I'm sure I can, I can round up another one if I need to. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John Michael. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you, John Michael. And I think everyone listening is going to immediately wash their hands after hearing that one. 
Now it's time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing right now to be a more healthy human. And to go along with the theme of the show, at least the first part of the show, uh, we'll use orange lights or candlelights at night to simulate a natural sunset in a nighttime atmosphere. So that's the tip. So, you know, I use Coleman candle lanterns uh, that I got on Amazon and some tea lights that I also got online on Amazon. I also highly recommend visiting lowbluelights.com, and I'll have that linked in the show notes too. They have filters for computers, phones, tablets, TVs, orange light bulbs and flashlights, orange glasses, night lights, much more. So check out that site and invest in your sleep. And so what we do in the summertime, it's a little easier because it gets darker a lot later, so you can actually have some time to, to live and play and do some things at night after dinner. But this time of year when it gets dark so early... We'll have artificial lights on uh, to eat dinner, obviously, and, and to play a little bit after dinner. But then I will light all the candles that I have and turn on all, the, all the, the tea lights. And I'll go around as they're cleaning up their toys and stuff, my four- and three-year-old daughters. I will go around and start turning off lights. And kind of and I'm kind of telling them, okay, guys, here we go. It's time to get ready for bed. The, the sun's going down. Lights are going off. And then by the time it's bath time, we are completely lit by orange ambiance uh, and, uh, and and they go down pretty easy uh, when we when we uh, shut out all the artificial light and sort of sort of simulate a later sunset is kind of how we deal with the early sunsets. So anyway, that is the Simply Human tip of the week. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Simply Human podcast. Episode twelve will be released a week from today on December fourteenth. Find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, and the Simply Human Kids page there. Follow me on Twitter at SimplyHuman52. Email the show, questions, concerns, comments, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Please leave a review wherever you're listening, good or bad. Any publicity is good publicity. So that'll do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember... The circle of life type thing. You know, first is the sick, then comes the butt, then comes the sick from the butt. <laughs> And, you know, you don't even know. At a, at a certain point, it's the chicken and the egg. You right. don't even know what's causing what, what anymore. You're just like, well, it's just let's, eventually I should empty out, and it'll at least just be heaving. So until next time, enjoy yourself.